following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL. There's Willie Moore. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Wow. Oh, you got skill, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for that. Welcome to some episode, the last, the grand final episode, the last grand final episode of The Take with yeah. Willie and Ian and Rennie. We're back again. We're a week late. William, it's been a big week yeah, for you. It has been, hasn't it? It was uh, very sad. Yeah, it was. Um, obviously, everyone knows now. Um, I was ready to do that SAS course. Um so I went down there, what was on the Wednesday night? Last we had Wednesday. a yeah, tearful went, farewell on the yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, we, 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 we had a farewell. Had a cuddle. Um, so it was all about, the, it's the orientation sort of thing. You've got to do the rope training. You've got to do, you know, the, all, all the safety precautions and all that kind of stuff. All I had to do, like we had to go up um, like uh, a ladder, probably about 10 metres, get onto a ledge and then just abseil down. Pretty basic, right? Um, so I got up there quite quick. And then abseil down and my, obviously I can't move my left um, arm now, just, they said, grab onto the ledge. I just grabbed onto the ledge and just went ping. And I just went, they didn't believe me, very nonchalant about injuries and stuff. I think that was my, uh, they thought it must have been my first injury. I've never ruptured a pec, but I said, I said, guys, I think I've ruptured my pec. They're like, no, 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 it's all good. You know, I said, no, it's fucking ruptured. Trust me. So I did. I had to keep doing this, the 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 other drills, like grabbing onto like poles and stuff like that. And I was just like, it just felt like this big dent in there, and it was just it was like deformed. Yeah. So and then obviously it was very secretive, and like yeah, as soon as you go back to the hotel room, you got to stay in your hotel room like for for hours on end until the doc come, and then we. We had the meeting with with everyone, all the all the precautions, because they were starting the next morning at like four o'clock in the morning. So this is about six o'clock at night, and I'm still like with a ruptured pet. I said, and, they, and I think they were just it's just because they were just so like trying to be positive and all that sort of stuff. Like, no, just see the doctor; should be fine. Should be fine. I said, no, I can't do a push up. You know what I mean? Like, I, like oh, that was the that was the biggest tester for me when I was in the <laughs> can't do I, one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I can only do two anyway. <laughs> I couldn't get one. Um, so that, that was the biggest test for me. So I was sitting in the room about two or three hours, a bit pissed off because I knew it was pretty bad. And I was like, here's the test. I'll, say, I'll, get on, I'll, I'll see if I can do a push-up and like just, just couldn't get off the ground at all. And then even when I, when I went, saw the doc, dog goes, yeah, scrapture. I was like, no shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Dan. But yeah, they, they, were, they were all positive about it. And it, just, it, just, it was just unfortunate. I'll be on the next series, so it's just not um, it's not the end of the world. It just sucks because you know I've had it. I've had an op. I got straight into, uh, had an operation last Wednesday, and um, just on the recovery mode. Well, Ren, you were a professional athlete for a long time. Hmm. Have you ever Hardly seen professional? But yeah, <laughs> for parts of it, have you ever seen a bloke fake an injury? Just before a time where he knew he wasn't going to do very well because he hadn't done any training. Yeah, in a well, worse example than this one, I think Willie's the perfect example. <laughs> This is the example now. He found out that he had to swim out in the ocean and it was, it was actually a ruptured heart. He thought, I'm not, going, I'm not going out. He always complains about sharks. He wants to go swim at Clovelly. I want to swim on his back when we're in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> can I just like, can I get on your back, please? 
That's not the worst part. Was is I did see how hard he was training. I did. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, and, and, you, you know, both did. Yeah. prepared for it. I did prepare, and that's probably the most disappointing thing. You know, when you do put prepar- like a lot of preparation into stuff, and then it happens like, you know, like just the night, yeah. the day before. And that's why I was like, ah, damn it, it sucks. I got over it quite quick, and um, you know, because I know I'll be on the next season, and I get to watch these guys. Um, Get absolutely poleaxed because it's it's going to be hard and it, it's 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 hard, um, you know. So I got a little bit of an inside rail. It's sort of know know what they're doing, like training wise and 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 all that kind of stuff, and just the pre- just the preparation of it. And even those two days that I had down there, I was nervous as hell because it's the anticipation of doing it. You know, I felt I felt like I was playing the next day. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I had, a good, I had, it's a good feeling to have back. Though, it is. Yeah? It's, it's a great feeling yeah. to have back because that's probably the feeling as a, as an ex athlete that yeah, you miss because you can't you can't you can't manufacture that sort yeah. of thing. It's just natural. Yeah. And I was like real nervous and stuff like that. And I was just, I was really excited about it. And then that happened. I was like, well, that's just disappointment, you know. And I've been through disappointment before. And yeah. the difference is, like, I, I compartmentalize a lot of things. I'm like, you know what? If and I said to Rand, I said, it's not like when you get injured in a club level, you miss games. And you feel like shit because you're letting your team down and everything. Like, even though injuries are part of the game and all that kind of stuff. Like, but I got injured. I'm not missing games. You know what I mean? All, all, I, all it is is an operation and all that kind of stuff. So that's how I just deal, deal, deal with it mentally. I'm like, all right, I'm not letting anyone down. It just sucks that I had to get the operation. And then, you know, now I've got the operation. And it's just on, just time to heal. It was just actually, it was from my perspective, it was really tough because I've seen how much work you've put into yeah. this over a long period of time. And, Personally, I think you would have nailed this course, and yeah. and I think you know you you were really looking forward to it. Not just from the fact that it's a TV show, but the fact that you were looking to challenge yourself in a way that you haven't done for yeah. some time. And so, you know, look, congratulations to all the people on the show. I hope you do well. My yeah. young bloke actually still couldn't quite get yeah. it. He said, "Well, yeah, young Finn." I said, "Mate, Will's ruptured his pec and he can't do the show." And he said. But he could still do it. <laughs> oh, I, I said, him. mate, he can't lift his arm up. And he goes, he'd still finish. Said, oh, <laughs> Finn, love you, mate. So, uh, all right. Well, let's move in to some rugby league news. Um, the Redcliffe Dolphins have become the expansion team. They're, uh, Redcliffe probably had the most money out of all of them, so it's probably not a huge surprise. But when will Wayne Bennett be announced as the Redcliffe <laughs> coach? <laughs> Tomorrow? Day yeah, after? Pretty much tomorrow. Um, yeah, I think Redcliffe and I think Ipswich were the were the front runners. I thought they would have went out with, with Ipswich because of because it's like a Western sort of team. Yeah, you know, like you can't have two teams, you know, like you know, Redcliffe, it's you know, it, it's twenty it's like the, it's like it's, the Penrith of, of, of Queensland. Yeah, it's like the Penrith and Parramatta. Yeah, massive catchment area, like and there's a lot of growth out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of young you know, it's a lot of long Polynesian kids and Indigenous, and it's a very like a different demographic than right into Brisbane. I thought they would have went out that way, but you know, it's a money thing. Redcliffe have got has got have got a great stadium. They've got members. They've got a lot of backing, so you don't really have to do that much work to Redcliffe. Where Ipswich, they don't have the infrastructure. The infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. They don't have the the you know the state of the art gyms, the ground, and all that kind of stuff. You know, they they just don't have that, and that would have been the the, the selling point to the NRL. Redcliffe got this much money, this this and this. You don't really have to do that much to them, you know. But I thought just just to to broaden the game a little bit west of um of Brisbane. But yeah. if anything, I think it's ten years too late. You know, yeah. we're getting to a point now where the talent pool across the board. 
is starting to thin out a little bit. So where do you find these players? Mm. How well, how long is it going to take for them to develop? You look at the Titans, right? They're on the rise, but it's been a while. It's taken years. There's probably never been a point where the Titans have been in the top four with when they were the Seagulls. For so example, they, they, so they, they had a good four. They had four, like they went nine, right ten, nine, for a ten, while. nine, ten, but eleven. They made the the, the prelim, the prelim, right, right, yeah. right, right. But then they haven't done it. But you, you've seen across the competition right now that there's a definite, definite shortage of talent in key positions. I'm happy there is another Brisbane side, but I think it's ten years too late. As you said, in key positions, yep. We we are the forwards Fine. dominating. Outside backs, centres, dominate. No problem at all. No problem at all. Specialist positions, as you said, nine, seven, six. Key positions, mate. You know what I mean? You have a look. You have a look at um. You have a look at the Titans. What are they short of? They're one of the best packs. Good yeah. outside backs. I couldn't even name their halves. Mm. I couldn't name the nine, seven, and six. Yeah. Inconsistent. You know what I mean? Like Ash Taylor coming out there, million dollar player. That's, plays, pre- that's plays pretty like, much the bottom eight of the yeah, competition. Play, plays yeah. like he's on 120 grand. Yeah. Do you no, know what I mean? Uh, look, it's just there's a shortage of of specialist talent these days. Yeah. And, know, and there's a lot of kids that are naturally a lot more athletic and big, Polynesian kids. So that's why you have more forwards, more big centers, more big wingers. And you got like all these, you know, this, the Polynesian kids, especially when they come through the grades, they, you, they usually start out in the centres and pretty much wing and then they just naturally grow and then next minute they're back rows. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I was the same when I come through the grades. I played fullback, I played wing, I played 5'8", I played centre and then I, my first year in the forwards was when I was 16. What's going to happen when we get to the point when when Polynesians are playing halves? Like someone the size well, of David Fafita. But look with at... A it, huge, with, a, with an amazing IQ. But have a Have a look at Luai. Yeah, but Luai, he's but I, he's that new kid. He's the new kid on the block. That he's he's a top he's a top two six. But he's not he's not six two and one hundred and five kilos. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. What, that, you know yeah, I know, I know what I mean. But yeah. like, obviously, they if you build like all these other guys, you get put into different position prototypes. But yeah. like, not every Polynesian is six foot three and one hundred and ten kilos. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you're going to get that little bit of anomaly who like the Luais. Yeah, like even like you know Sean Johnson and all that. You're going to get those guys, and they're going to come through the grades quite quick. And because they can handle the physicality of the game, what happens is when when these young kids come through the grades, if you're a young Anglo-Saxon coming through the grades, you get really beat down at about age 15, 16, 17 because you haven't grown and then you're dealing with a dude out at Mount Druitt who's six foot four and 110 kilo mm. and will ruin you. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not good. And if you're a parent, and if you're a parent, I'm, like, I'm not letting you play. You go play Union. Go play, like, play something else. So that's where we're losing it because, and as I said, we said it before, like uh, a couple of times on the episode. Like, we need to like get these young kids about fifteen and name and name them and put them into put them into a system when they're like, okay, like, the top 20, 15 year olds, and they get put into the put into teams and they get cultivated as these leaders. So we give them some sort of incentive to stay in the game because they're leaving the game because they think that they're not going to get there. It's just that really tough period about 16, 17, and then 18, 19, they can sort of come through. But we've got to keep them in the game because they get disheartened because they've got to play against all these bigger blokes. But as I said, I've said it before, like when you're 15, 16, the NRL should go, all right, these are the future leaders of the game. Let's put them in, put them in, that, put them in a special sort of bracket so we can keep these players in the game. 
cultivate their leadership skills and make them make them great men and great players. I think that needs to happen because we're losing too many good players. Realistically, the NRL aren't bringing this side in to be no good. So you know that if they are short in key positions, that they'll give them some sort of marquee sign-on thing so that your Munsters or your Cody Walkers or whatever are going to, in their initial seasons, they will definitely, I think, target those positions where everyone else is short. Oh, 100% if Wayne Bennett's involved, he's already spoken to we'll have a, a look. number of players under contract. We'll have yeah. a look. Just say if Munster's off contract, Brandon Smith's off contract. Payne Huss is off contract. Payne Huss. Do you know what I mean? Like you get, you, you got to think, well... Something's going on. They're, 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 they've, they've timed themselves to come off contract after 2022, 2022 and then they'll go straight into that, be the marquee player. You know, like Brandon, you get Brandon Smith and Munster, all you have to do is just fill them... Fill Fill all the role players in. There's enough forwards and there's enough outside backs. Then you're going to have the greatest coach of all time. And then they'll be set. Wayne Bennett would never go into a team where he has to rebuild. Like the goal, like, like the goal Coast. There's not, nothing like that. Speaking of great coaches, Craig Bellamy and also Munster and, um, and Brandon Smith. This is probably the easiest segue of all time, actually. But <laughs> Craig Bellamy, obviously, and we've spoken about it before, that, 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 Smith and Munster, essentially the stupidest thing they did was, other than commit an illegal act, obviously, was let some imbecile film it and put it on the internet. But Craig Bellamy has come out and for the first time, like it's been talked about as a white substance and they've said they don't know what's going on and they don't know what it was and they were too drunk or whatever. And then Bellamy's come out and said, I don't know whether having a snort of cocaine or a line of cocaine is worse for your body or worse for you than half a dozen schooners, but the big difference... Having half a dozen schooners isn't illegal. What disappoints me so much is these guys earn a good living, they're doing what they love in life, and what they did was illegal, and they were very, very well aware of that. So, first of all, good on Craig Bellamy for calling a spade a spade. He's not trying to, you know what I mean, pretend everyone knows what was going on. It's not like it's one of those things where everyone was like, oh, I wonder what the thing was. We know it was, but... For Bellamy to come out and, and make that sort of comment, it's good in a way because it brings it out in the open that this is something that happens in society and he's not running from it, Ren. It's a society problem and I've always said that. And it's, it, that's, that's just pure fact. You know, we act so triggered and so, so shocked when an athlete gets in trouble for drugs. And I'm not condone, condoning drugs one bit. But here in Australia, we act like it's... Massive that, shock. That these kids are role models. They're not role models. These kids are incarcerated. It's probably too strong a word, but they're told what to eat, what to drink, what to, you know, when to sleep, when to play, be judged, week in, week out. They get a six-week, seven-week block to let loose. They want to be part of society again. They want to hang out with their mates. But the difference is, is that they're a target now. So Craig Bellamy coming out and just calling a spade a spade, like you said, it's, that's the reason why you want to play for a coach like that. It's a society problem. It ain't just an NRL problem. Yeah. I, yeah, I re- reiterate what you're saying. It's just Bellamy, he's a man. That's why people love him. That's why he's one of the best coaches in the game. But it is a society problem. Don't try and – let's not sugarcoat it. It's not the 90s and 2000s when cocaine was looked right, looked down upon, you know what I mean? You go to any pub, you go anywhere. There's drugs everywhere. You know, we just try, you just try to – just got to try and limit the damage. And try and educate these kids and and just be more proactive with stuff. You know, like we said this about, you know, a couple of weeks ago, like there needs to be more education, not the dumb shit that they get told by the welfare. You've got to tell these kids 
what's really happening. Yeah. Don't fucking sugarcoat these kids and go, oh, there's, you, you know, put the, you, they put you in these fucking predicaments when there's actors and all that sort of shit. Oh, Rennie's been through it. It's bullshit. Yeah. Shut up. This is, gonna, this, this is happening. You know what I mean? You just got to understand what part of the year is it, how to act, and when you're in a situation like that, no cameras, no nothing. If you're doing it without, with your mates and all that kind of stuff, who cares? Don't film the shit. Yeah. It's, it's hard to like... And exactly, we're not condoning drugs, not but condoning. we're just trying to limit the damage because have a look like, look what everybody thinks now. NRL players, all they do is bash their missus and snort cocaine. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's exactly it because that's, that's how it's portrayed in the papers. You know, because, and look at all the, the damage that it's done just because of these two blokes that, that just didn't look after that situation, weren't, didn't do the right thing. Morally, I don't know, like, or just socially they might have fucked up and all that kind of stuff because they're doing an illegal substance, but they didn't do the right thing. Why are you drinking with fucking fans for? Mm. Why are you letting them into the inner sanctum? Don't do that shit. That's the disappointing That's part. That's the disappointing part because then you let everyone else down. I don't give a fuck what you do when, there's, when, there's, when the cameras are off and you're in your own room and you do whatever you want with your own players, fine. Nothing's getting filmed, but you want to go drink, drink with all these fuckwits who try and pat you on the back and blow your fucking tires up and tell you how good you are. Oh, yeah, come drink with Munster. And like, Shut up. Don't drink with these dicks. Yeah, it's a bad choice. And when you say education, right, there's enough education out there. The NRL are proactive with it. Yeah, but it's not yeah, like at, at some point, right? And yeah. it's, and it's hard. It's different for every every young man. You you got to drive into these players that, about making better fucking choices. Yeah, stupidity. It's just choices. Yeah. It's not about education. They know the education. They know what drugs do to you. They know the long term effects. Oh, yeah, of it. I understand they know that. It's illegal, I, know, I know. But it's just about making better choices. Yeah, the better choices. The yeah, choice, but, but all not, but. but my, when I say educate them, educate them about the bad choices, yeah. not like sitting here and, of course they know what drugs and that do to yeah. you. I'm just saying, because you've been in the same rooms that I've been in, when they come in there and they tell you all these bullshit stories, mm. get some fucking people like us that's been, been, been around the block, tell you, you know, 70 to 80% of these fucking idiots are going to be doing drugs on Mad Monday. Mm. It's Make a better decision. It, it's funny how we, like... Everyone was celebrating Cameron Munster and Brendan Smith the way they ca- the way they ca- everyone could relate to their the characters the Larrikins, the Larrikins, you know, the last of the personalities in the game, and then as soon as it's portrayed or you flips know it, it flips, you know, like they're pieces of shit, yeah. or, you know. But it, but people have short memories. All they have to do is have a good big preseason, have a good few games, and it's forgotten about. Well, interestingly, and we talk about this, you know, in terms of Munster and Smith and having people film things and having randos film it and put it up on, you know, on social media. After the Panthers won the grand final, I have never seen, and this is just my opinion, but I have never seen a stupider 48 hours than the Penrith Panthers celebrations where literally every single thing that they did, they put it on Instagram or stories or Snapchat or whatever it was. So every single thing that they did was on there. <laughs> so they've got then they've got a situation where they've got Viliami Kikau full of piss writing off South Song. You've got um, allegations that there was lines of cocaine on on Nathan Cleary's yeah. phone. It turned out it was just the reflection on the thing or whatever it might have been. But you've got all these blokes that are 
under the weather. There's no question they're under the weather. They've been on the drink for, for 24 hours and they're filming it and they're putting it up on social media. At some point, do you not just go, let's just put the phones in a bag, let's go and enjoy ourselves for 48 hours and no one put anything on the fucking internet? I think that's up to the coach. I think it's up to the leadership, the general manager, the CEO. That need that talk needs to happen straight after the grand final. Knowing what happened the week before with Munster and, and Brandon Smith, you're like, no, no phones, guys, no phones. You know what I mean? Like, that's it, simple. No, that wasn't said. It wasn't said, obviously, because they fucking did it, didn't they? Yeah. Carrying on like that. And understand, you know, what, what Kick-Out said and, you know, all that sort of shit. No one gives a shit if it wasn't recorded. That's right. Because I know what happens on Mad Monday. You take the piss out of everyone. Mm. You bag the fuck out of the other team. All you do, you're fully, you're fully yourself. Everyone's confident as hell. Like, But I don't, I don't condone what, what Billy said, what Billy, but, but, he, but he said it, but it was recorded. You just don't have to. It's a good story when they play the Bunnies next year. Exactly. You know what I mean? And and maybe that's his long game, you know? Maybe we're just. We're older now. You know, social media is. Don't give a fuck. Even if it's. it's Like, I don't care. I just never would do anything like that. But that's your opinion. So we're. It's a generational thing. These kids. Like, who. Who are we to judge about. It hasn't been around long enough to give a scale of what. It's acceptable on social media, right? So these kids have come into being what social media was around when they were 10. It's part of their life now. We're a little bit older yeah. and we think that it's frowned upon. I'm just playing dev, dev, devil's uh, advocate yeah, but you, here. Me and you are both on social media, but yeah. we're very inactive. Yeah, but if they want to go out and celebrate and put – as long as it's not illegal. Exactly. But I just want a grand final. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Yeah. I'm all for that. But just like just, – you just got to be careful. You know what I mean? Just be careful what you do. I don't, I don't care what Billy Army kick out. I don't standards. care. So, I know, imagine how I many kids their age are loving what they I don't saying. care what Billy Army kick out said because, every, you know, like, it's just glory, glory. You know what I mean? We've, I've seen that shit before. This is not nothing to, new to us. All it is, it's being recorded and it's been amplified by a thousand. You know what I mean? It's just the way they carried on. I, I don't care. I don't I, really care. I have no problem with the way Penrith carried on. And I think when you read it, when you read it in a paper, they just make sh- make shit up. It's coming from Brandy. Brandy. Brandy's a fucking Penrith man. Of course, he's going to be pissed off. Well, look, I, I am older, and and I am I'm I'm happily out of the generation of social media, and I, I don't understand. It, I never have, but I look at it and I go, all right. First of all, why do you care what the general public think? Why do you have to sell? You, all you want to do is hang with your mates. So why do you care what? randos are saying and you're getting likes and this that and the other and the second thing do you honestly think that rugby union afl soccer don't do the same stuff that these blokes do and so why are we talking about rugby league because the other people do it smarter yeah they do it smarter i mean mm. even that brandon brent, brent naden whatever his name is he acted like he fucking got clive churchill <laughs> i've never seen anything like it i was like how many fucking minutes did he play not one minute not yeah. one second if, like and he carried on like he, I, I would be I would be embarrassed if I didn't play one second in the grand final and carried on like that. I just fucking pull your head in. You know what I mean? Like you just sitting there and you go, oh yeah, come to the dogs next year, win your grand final. What you fucking do be 18th man next year. Like <laughs> least, seriously, mate, you just fucking act accordingly. You're just lucky to be in the side. At least he waited till after the game this year. Oh, oh. fuck's sake. <laughs> 
Look, they, <laughs> they might have carried on. You know, that's there's a lot of hard work that they've, I they've put shit. in. If you're, the, the you're in the 17, I'm not talking you about carry Brent the Naden. fuck on. You can carry on how you like, I'm, not I'm if not you're not the team. I'm not talking about Brent and, and what's triggered this is someone like Brandy, right? What's Brandy's standard of, of behaviour? But let's think about the old Penrith sides. How would MG carry on? How would Gowie carry on? Yeah. Waterhouse. We'll never know, Ren, because we'll they never put know. They exactly. wouldn't put it on social. But they would have. You reckon? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I know. No, it's a, I know it's, it's a generational thing. It's a generational thing. I do know it's a generational thing. I have no problem with what Penrith did. You know what I mean? Like Cleary's thing, they got that got amplified. There was nothing on the phone. I don't give a shit. Kick out. Don't give a shit. Like, but that Naden dude, I do give a shit. The other thing I got a problem with is Tyrone May, who. No, let's be honest. He narrowly he narrowly escaped jail. Like the, the, the magistrate said that, and then he's come out. Winning a grand final doesn't absolve you of being a shit human, and mm. so for him to come out and put all that on social media as if winning a grand final, played, winning a game of footy, four minutes. Like I don't know. I, that look, he's taken it down now. But I just that's a sort what of what did thing. he put up? What did he put up? He put up. You know how much I love Drake. Artist, yeah, of course, he's your favorite. You've got posters of him, so he he put up some Drake lyrics, something about throwing dirt on my name and I'll write like Um, like a flower or something. I don't know, something, but basically saying, Oh, you've all treated me nastily, but now Now I won a grand grand final, I'm great. Okay, you won a grand final, good, you're good at footy, you're not a good bloke, you're not good at footy. (laughs) I just think, I just think if you know, I reckon to be honest, that's another example of a bloke probably full of drink thinking. I'm going to put this up here because I'm I'm on top of the world and I'm that. It's a bad. Decision. I get it. I get it. I've been full of piss before and had a great time and everything. Like I would never ever put shit on social media because I don't want anyone to fucking know what I'm doing. No. And that's me as I just say as a 30 year old, 20 28 year old. Whenever social media come out, I've always been like that, Ren. You know that. I'll mm. put I'll put some random shit up and that's about it. You never see me slipping like that. Yeah. That's just the way I am. Except when your phone got hacked in France. Yeah, well, that was just ridiculous. <laughs> those, was Frenchies, those Frenchies are stri- trifling motherfuckers, man. That was terrible. Uh, all right, so what do we think of the grand final, just quickly? Oh, it was great. Great game. I mean, I mean, if we want to dissect it right now, like I think it's, it started, we said it last week, started from that first set. First set. Uh, off the back, on the back foot. Penrith just played methodical football and they just, they're just relentless. Relentless, relentless. Get to the kick, kick pressure. And they got it done. South were brave. South were outstanding. They definitely had, when they pulled the trigger, they were definitely the better attacking side. Yeah. But Penrith just stuck to the but process. But they, they, they played they field, posi- harder, field position. Tackled harder. And when South lost contact on that second tackle off the kickoff, yeah. they thought, it's over. And Cam Murray went in, went in ball, balls in on that first um, that first tackle. Got rocked. Just got rocked for about 20 minutes. So, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll learn from that. I'm not sure. I'm not going to say they're going to be back there next year because they're losing a lot of key players. But brave effort, brave effort. And Penrith were the better team, and they've been pretty much the best team in the last two years. So they deserve one. I thought Souths were really, as you say, brave, but they just never really looked like. Even when they were close, they just never looked like they had that killer punch in them. I don't reckon, but they just never got field position. Every time they got down there, they looked like it was going to score. But because Penrith played that field position so well, they never had an opportunity. Mm. The only time they got opportunities was was because of Penrith's ill discipline. Penalty go down there, then they they looked pretty dangerous. Yeah, they did. They definitely had op- opportunities. I mean, you can in hindsight when you look back, 
And, you know, I'm friends with Cody Water Cody Cody Walker and outstanding outstanding player. But it was a it was a low percentage play to try and throw a long pass forty yeah. meters out, unfortunately. And it's definitely not his fault for losing no. the grand final. There's plenty of opportunities to win. You know, little things that's the difference, those minute moments within a game that could win you a print The only reason but yeah. it de- he definitely did not lose him the game. Yeah, the definitely only, the only reason you pull a trigger like that if you're if you're on their line. If you're on their line, if you're on their you line, you, you you throw that pass. You try and you try and catch Crichton slipping. You don't do it fifty meters out. Well, clearly threw one last year. Remember? Yeah, he did the exact same thing, and, and there was an intercept. These, these, these wingers and that are too good. Yeah, yeah. They they sit in the line. They'll they'll anticipate and they'll, they'll look at what the centers. If the centers turning in, then they'll go straight for the intercept. Oh, like well, he's got the number one try assist probably. Yeah, he had a great. He had a great unbelievable year. season. And Dally M year, if Trebojevic didn't have. The greatest year yeah. of all time. Yeah. Mm. But certainly didn't lose him the grand final. No, I'd never, I'd never blame him. I blame Tyrone May. I blame <laughs> him too. I blame right. Brent Dayton. <laughs> all right, William. Well, this is a momentous occasion. It's the uh, it's time for the winner. Oh, yes, finally. The big boy. Yes, finally, finally we're here. Winner of Willie's Big Boys. Um, it was a it was a cracking game, I thought, and 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 the the middles were just outstanding. Um, I couldn't give any any points to South. I don't think their middles stood up Ooh. at all. I just Cam don't. Murray. If Cam Murray wasn't busted, two tackles. Yeah, I know that, misses. but like just with the ball, you know what I mean, and. Just with the, yeah, yeah. Don't get your bunny. I think he's he's one of my favourite players, Cam. Yeah. What a beautiful looking human. Um, but I just don't think he, he like. Look at the points up there. You know what I mean? Like my three points is going to James Fisher Harris. I thought he's a beast. He was under he was under injury cloud for the last four weeks. Played like an absolute machine. He set the tone. That's what front rowers need to do in a grand final. Souths are up for it. They were up that run that he did in that first set. Set the tone to see how they were playing. Ran straight at Cam Murray. Cam Murray's just got he's too brave for you know for his size. Copped his shoulder straight in his straight in his melon, and he was rocked for about twenty minutes. He didn't have another hit up for about twenty minutes. So Fisher Harris three points. Leota partner in crime was an absolute beast. I think he's he's one of those guys. Tackle tech. On point, gets under the big blokes, Nichols and Tom Burgess. He's got that low center of gravity. He hits like a fucking truck. Mm. Um, and one point, Isaiah Yo again, like he's yeah. just he's just that dude. You know what I mean? He just doesn't stop. He's incredible. He's he's offloads. He's just just the way that he connects with his outside backs. He, he Cleary was Cleary played well, but it's all because of Isaiah. Yo, you know, but mm. like three points. Yeah, to Fisher Harris, he just played like a beast. I don't think his numbers were astronomical like he usually does, but just these. Just, just his first twenty-five minutes really set the tone. They were just relentless. He's kick chase, like he's doing, you know, doing that one or two hit ups in a set of six, and he's down there on the first first kick chase every time for that first contact. You know what I mean? And then when they when they got Souse down in there, you know, ten meters out, bang, he's the one picking them up, dragging them back, and same as Leota and same as Isaiah Yo. So they're middle, and you throw Abby Carasau into that. He's got great tackle tech. Liam Martin. You know what I mean? Liam Martin. They all hit hard. They're not the biggest side, but they are 
they're dynamic. Re- they're relentless. They're relentless, mate. And they're fit and they play big minutes and they were unstoppable. So well done. Has that always been up there behind me every week? It has? Yeah. I'm so focused on <laughs> But that's the first time I but that's the first time I've actually never looked noticed at it. it no. You've never noticed that either. Well that means at the conclusion of the year. Do you know what? I'm looking at this now and I'm thinking there's been a real bias for you for three blo- <laughs> three blokes. It's been a race of three. And so thanks to young Henry's and Bondi Tony. So the winner of the um, of the big boys gets a case of piss from Young Henry's every week. That's 52 cases wow. in a year. Scotty Campbell, <laughs> Soupsy the train and Hayden Knowles, they'll be happy. They'll be super happy. <laughs> with, they'll be happy with that. They'll be in rehab. And yeah. also a Bondi Tony's burger. James Fisher-Harris's career is pretty much over Yeah, because he has won the prize. Yeah, the big fella has got 22 votes. He beats out Payne Haas and Junior Paulo. Uh, he needed to get three in the final and he messaged Will deliberately <laughs> and said that Will could have half his piss and half his yeah, burgers. And so yeah. as a result, it's a mad <laughs> rot. And James Fisher-Harris is one. No, he's a good footballer, James Harris. James Best prop Harris. in the game. Best prop in the game. Payne Haas the last two years, I think. Yeah. yeah. And well so deserved. Well deserved. We'll, uh, we'll get in touch with the big fella and he will... Basically destroys he'll be in fat club straight away, <laughs> pretty much. So congratulations, James Fisher Harris. Big thanks to Young Henrys, and thanks to everyone who used the take twenty uh, thing to get their cheap, <laughs> cheaper booze. That was good. Yeah. Thank you to Young Henrys. They've been a great sponsor all year. We love drinking it. And uh, congratulations to Bondi Tonys. They're open again now. Get down there. They've as of Freedom Day. It's oh, open. Let's go. Get in. Get fat like me. <laughs> Hey, Tiana from the Green Room Podcast here. Join me with an exclusive backstage pass featuring in-depth conversations and a bunch of personal and crazy stories from around the world. With some of the biggest names in music, film, comedy and everything in between, these definitely aren't your average interviews. Come join me in the Green Room. Presented by the Handshake Agency, check it out at thepodcast.com.au. All right, well... I put a lot of pressure on this bloke last week, a lot of pressure. And I tell you what, pressure makes diamonds. He was a rock, but now here comes Diamond Harry. Harry, welcome. Lou Diamond Phillips. Guys, I've boosted the kitty. There was a lot of pressure on. I boosted the kitty for you. Mate. We come through. What about that too? Because none of us knew. (laughs) No one knew until about three days after you won your bet. We'd just given up on you. And then all of a sudden, the news filters through and we have put 2,500 in the kitty just on your back. You know, it's incredible. I was actually – I watched the entire grand final – um, with my daughter in my arms because she was it was meant to be bedtime and, you know, she didn't go to bed before the game, so she just slept in my arms the whole game. So I had to, like, whisper with excitement the entire game, sort of completely had forgotten about it, and then the next morning was like, holy shit, that got up. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. It no, was, yeah, it sort of, com- yeah, got completely lost in it all. And let me tell you, I bet that you did not get on it yourself. No, I didn't. No. I've been so busy all day that I – no. I, I mean, I got on Nathan Cleary. I put earlier in the week, I was like, well, you got to take the $4 on Nathan Cleary to get the Clive Churchill medal. Like, that's a, that's a given. But 
yeah, the multi, no. But, you know, hopefully some punters got out there, out there, got on it because – it was, was a big one. It was forty nine dollars. Great work, mate! It was the biggest. It was the biggest win we had all year. That's and awesome. It, it Harry. literally Fuck. it doubled. Yeah. It doubled. So we were on we were on five grand, and then you've literally thrown out half of that again in our last week. So I think um, another bloke won as well, um, which put five hundred in. And let's be honest, that five hundred that went in's a bit. It's embarrassing, really, after your massive win. It's just completely. <laughs> We won't even bring it up. It's embarrassing for this bloke. But uh, anyway, we put in three grand in the last week. So actually, it's more than doubled it. We were on four grand and we've put in an extra three. So uh, yeah, good. it's exciting news too because thanks to bettingsite.com.au, as we say every week, we have been putting money in the kitty and then we're going to give the money to a very deserving club that has, um, that has sent in some wonderful videos. We've had a lot of videos sent in. We, we narrowed it down to three. Uh, All right, where are we going? There was, uh, there was a, a video from Middlemount, I think, which is, in, uh, which is in near Rockhampton. Um, there was a video from Dapto, the Dapto Canaries. I think he, he was a young boy that uh, he nailed one from the sideline. He was very close as well. So they were the three best, but we are taking on the Brighton Seagulls, who last year they uh, they put in a lot of effort last year as well and just got pripped by Frankston and Bungendore. But this year the Brighton Seagulls have won a $7,333.50. Up the goals. Oh, yeah, that, that's a pretty Brighton? good boost. Where's here. Brighton? Brighton, as in Brighton Sands. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So Rennie and Will will be going to Brighton Sands. I thought Brighton Brighton down in Melbourne. No, nope. They, nope. you voted for it. So. Okay, but he didn't know where it was. So there's no bias. He doesn't <laughs> even know what he's voting yeah. for. So, so the Brighton Seagulls, congratulations. Um, we will be in touch, or the producer will. He has to do something, but he'll be in touch and he'll tell you. And Rennie and Willie and me will come down. I'm sure you'll be ecstatic to see me. I think the two blokes will get mobbed, and I'll stand in the background and I'll just have a quiet young Henry's by myself. But. Thanks to bettingsite.com.au. Mate, you've been huge for us all year and you've come through with the goods right at the end. Look, it's funny. It was round two, we got a big one. Then the grand final, we got another one. So, look, just happy we could uh, get get the big $2,500 boost yeah, right at all, the death. So. Awesome work. Sage awesome. Best for yeah. Last. I mean, hopefully, you know, that might be a couple of sets of jumpers or something like that for, for you oh, know, yeah. 2022. Hopefully, we've got community sport back on. So, yeah. it could be a big help for them. That would be huge. Massive help. Well, mate, thanks very much for all of the things that you've done for us this year. It's been great chatting with you every week and you've come through and you've, uh, you've actually probably – you, well, you definitely have made the most money this year for, out of anyone. So, <laughs> in one day, yeah. in one day, wow. yeah. yeah. And Willie actually won a few bets this year, which is a massive surprise to all yes. of us. But thanks to bettingsite.com.au, everyone. The racing is about to start, so get on there. You'll get all the best odds from all the best betting agencies around. Harry, thanks again, mate, and we'll speak with you soon. Look, good to chat to you guys all thanks, year, Harry. and uh, happy punting over the uh, spring carnival. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. William? Oh, yes. Um, gamble responsibly. <laughs> please do. Yes, please. All right. So at the start of the year, what we did was we went through um, we went through some predictions. 
and so we did all right, actually. Yeah. Well, we did all right. So my predictions, I came through. I, I, I tipped um, the Raiders to make the eight. And I tipped – I don't even want to say it. I tipped the Tigers to make the eight. But yeah. mm. uh, I got six of the eight. I tipped the Rabbitohs in the grand final. Um, my headline of the year was that Boyd Cordner would announce his retirement, um, which wow. um, which ended up coming through. And also I said that Peter Volandis will introduce private ownerships of clubs like the NFL, which kind of happened when you think the Redcliffe Dolphins are privately owned and that's the expansion side. So You got that right? You know what? I'm not that displeased not bad, with bro. how it went. Thanks, Ori- bad, origin? Mate. How'd you go in Origin? Uh, I tipped Queensland in Origin. Um, so I got that wrong by one game. Dally so, M? Nathan Cleary. So I was... You're uh, unlucky if Tom Trebojevic didn't have just a ridiculous year. I think he was up there again. So what we'll do now, William, is I think they've actually got... Have you got footage, Zig? Have you got a recording of... of yeah, the audio. All right. So here's the audio of William... Before the season. And if anyone doubts that we'll know what he's talking about, exactly. the fact that they're even playing this means that he's done all right. So exactly. let's uh, let's have a listen. Yeah, my um, my top eight for the year. Um, I'll go by the top four. I reckon the Storm's always going to be there. The Panthers, they were pretty strong last year. Rabbits, and I think Manly will be a big show this year. I think Tom Draboyevich... He's, he's a gun over there. You've got DCE and um, Jake Trebojevic as well. The Roosters have always been there. I think the Eels could show a little bit of promise. Um, the Knights, if everybody stays stays healthy, they've got a really good pack. They've got the Saifidi brothers and Clemmer and Frizzell. You know, um, hopefully Piercy and Pong can stay fit and then they might give it a bit of a crack. And I reckon the Titans... You know, big big Tino, you know, coming up from Melbourne, he can really, you know, really implement... That whole Melbourne culture and how they how they built how they're built down there and how they win and David Fafita of course so he's a he's one of the most destructive ball runners I've seen in um in rugby league so that'll be about my top eight um, grand final I'm not sure um, I definitely think the Panthers will be there it reminds me of like. 1990-91, when they got to the grand final they lost one then they won one in they won the ninety one one. Um, and I just think the Rabbits will get there. I think just because of Luttrell, you know, Cody Walker, Reynolds. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Wayne. It might be his last hurrah. So I think, you know, usually when usually when um, the season's like that and Wayne's going, he can really galvanise his troops and, um, you know, usually he'll usually, he usually get them to the promised land. So I think they'll get there. Um, my Dally M. Usually I go off Dally M's if you listen to the show, like – you know, you don't. Re- I don't really go for the. You know, just say, just say a Cody Walker or a, or a Latrell Mitchell because they're in a because they're in a star-studded side. They're usually hard to get all the Dalian points. So I go for yeah, play, I go for a superstar player in a mediocre team, which I think is Manly. Manly's pretty mediocre. If Tom Trebojevic can stay healthy, he's just going to have a brilliant year because he just he has everything. So when he plays good, they win. So hopefully Tom can stay healthy. If he can play 20 games, he's, he's usually going to get three points or two points. As simple as that because the other points will probably go to, to DCE. But if, you know, if, if they do win, he'll get the three points. Um, 
My headline for the year. Well, considering COVID is here and what happened last year, things are getting played a lot up north. There'll be, um, depends how bad COVID gets this year. Hopefully it doesn't get that bad. But um, yeah, I think, I think this might be the first year for a grand final at Suncorp. I just don't think I just don't think it could be held anywhere else because, you know, if if they if they get all the Sydney teams up north, and you know, you won't be able to come back to New South Wales, they have all these protocols and all that kind of you know all the bullshit that you got to do all these things and you know all the garbage that you have to go through. Um, I think it could be held at Suncorp. So, well done to Suncorp if they do get it. Hopefully, hopefully not, but um, it'll be great. Um, other headline will be. I think Valandis is very he's, he's very proactive with a lot of things. And HIA has been very prevalent in the game. The head knocks, everything like that. Players are going off and on, missing weeks, missing protocols, not passing. So I think he's going he's gonna to come up with some sort of rule that will really combat the, the head knocks and the concussions. So I think he's, um, he, he cares about the players and he'll he'll put that at the forefront because the future of the game's in the kids as well. So all the kids that are watching on TV, um, you know, if you want you want these kids to play in the NRL, you can't be seeing blokes getting knocked out all year every single game. So I think uh, I think there'll be some um, real strong rule changes this year. So it's all for the better of the game. Anyway, that's my um, that's my take on the twenty twenty one season. See how it goes. Well, there you go. That was pretty much almost perfect, Will. Who, <laughs> yeah, do you th- who, who did who did uh, twenty week ago Willie think was going to? Well, twenty five week ago Willie think was going to win the state of origin? New South Wales. Okay. All right. Well, that means virtually. Did I? I'm pretty uh, sure I said New South Wales. I think. I don't know. They didn't read that. I don't. Are you Nostradamus? Is he oh, from the future? Phenomenal. He's just. Who's going to win the Everest? Do you know what it is? Yeah, who's winning the Are Everest? Are we going to go to the Everest? Do you know what? He's like back to the future with the almanac. <laughs> That's what I've just seen. I really – old Marty McFly over there. That's oh, impressive. Yeah. No, William, I, I must say – Mason McFly. You've got you're – more, you're more a biff. <laughs> <laughs> you're a biff tannin. Uh, I must say you uh, your knowledge of the game is quite phenomenal. And uh, as Todd said, you know, bringing Rennie on now gives the panel 66% knowledge. <laughs> so – I'm still on zero, although I hopefully Todd listens to the show and he realises that I actually got a couple of things right there. So let's go up to 70%. Uh, in terms of the tips for the year, uh, we did a tipping during the year and we did tips uh, for the final series. Uh, Willie had a bit of a shocker in the final series and only got four. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else got six. But William got 148 Right in the regular season, which took him to 152, okay. which uh, I think would have taken him to the top of almost every leaderboard in every single paper and every single thing everywhere. Actually, so congratulations, Will. That's really I should join. I should join a lot of those things. I'd win them. Yeah, they should. You should do that. 148. Next year. <laughs> you should definitely do that next year. We should join you up. Well, with... you got 145, so you only need three more games. Yeah, I was close. I was really close to getting you this year. Yeah, just fell over. Well, you just need to concentrate more and study the guide. I'm going to listen. I'm going to cheat off you. Not everyone can sit at home on the couch all day. So Fox Sports and and Daily Telegraph and all that are listening. Willie wants to be a tipster next year. We'll get you involved and we'll match them all up. Just flick one of your journos and let me fucking do the Dally M's. (laughs) 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, all right, well, boys, just quickly, before let's go through. Unless you want Paul Kent just rating your 3 2 1. <laughs> and rate or, or, or rating your origins. Can you please get Paul Kent to rate all the origins, please? Or me? He went back and looked at a couple of yours and you were yeah, zero. Never fucking zero, man. You, know you know how annoying it is to watch a game of this bloke? He pauses it, rewinds. Pour, it takes you three hours. It's not. A, it's like watching an NFL game. Yeah. I'm like, Willie, it's eight o'clock on a Friday, mate. This is when you could have people, people in the around. house. Yeah, yeah. Stop fucking rewinding it. I saw the play. <laughs> but if they just pass here, pass there, I'm like, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Is that my only Bulldogs game from the early 2000s? Oh, it's every no, game. No, no. It's every, every game. It takes three every hours to watch game. one game. It rewinds everything. Yeah. yeah. His brain works in very, brain. very strange yeah. ways. <laughs> There's no question. All right, let's quickly, what, Ren, what was your favourite part of the rugby league season oh, this year? Jesus, you put me on the spot here, Berner. Um my favourite, my favourite. Just anything. Yeah, Just whatever cool. whatever tickled your fancy or whatever got your goat. I think, oh, look, watching Turbo play this year. Mm. Mm. Scoring hat tricks. Like, that. that's probably the greatest. Well, between him and Jared Hayne, different um, kinds of players. But seeing what Turbo could do, to have so much influence on one side, to get him in the top four... Basically off one player. I mean, oh, well, DC in that is there as well. But a lot of inexperience yeah. within that side. Experience, inexperience. But that run he he went on, it'd be interesting to see if he can back it up, back it up again next year. Yeah, I was I was I could go with that easily, but Rennie did that. But I think the the dominance in the Origin this year, game one and two, seeing Latrell and and Turbo just go at it and just absolutely smash and annihilate Queensland. It was just great to see. But those two players playing out of position, even though Latrell, I think, is still the best left center in the world. Um, but Turbo playing out of position, never plays right center in his life. Absolutely schooling people. Um, but I'd just like to see, you know, like New South Wales played really, really, really good. They played dominant. And even even to say that, that you know, even Queensland winning that last game. So that origin series pretty much. I love to see the two, two, two games, but the sweep was on. And Queensland still showed that spirit to get that last game, you know. So that, I think I think this yeah. year's Origin series just was, took the shine off it. Didn't it, it took the shine off it, you know. But it just shows how much spirit that Queensland team has got because they wish they should have got swept. They picked players out of position in the last game. New South Wales did, um, yeah. But I think the Origin series was it's always it's always a highlight. That and and Tommy's Tommy's run I've never seen anything like it. Mm. You know, like and you compared it to Jared Hayne. Jared Hayne, you know, he probably put about nine or ten games together like that. But it was in a different run. It was like he got them to the grand final. I think mm. if, if I think if if Hainsey had won that grand final two thousand nine, it would pretty much be on par. But the way that Tom was playing it was just like playing with kids, man. Yeah, five hat tricks. You know what I mean? Something ridiculous like that. The the only difference was like the way that Jared made breaks was a little bit more exciting to watch. Yeah, you know the way the the way he beat players like Turbo he's his speed, he's big, he's powerful, he runs more on an angle. Yeah, like Haynes you smoking he, through the middle and then putting chip kicks in and yeah, regathering and yeah. stepping fullbacks and just like that that game against St George to get the prelim to get in. That was something I've never seen before. Mm. Tom's a different sort of player. Different kind of player, but yeah, great runs from both of them. I reckon from my perspective this year, it's been it's been a really tough year for a lot of people and Obviously, lockdowns have affected so many people across so many different 
walks of life. And I think, you know, the arts were shut down. There was no music. There was no theatre. There was nothing on except for sport. And whether that's rugby league or rugby union or the Olympics were on, I think sport really gave people an outlet this year. Mm. And so from my perspective, the best thing about the rugby league this year was the fact that it was on and it was there and and that the players gave up so much of their own selves to be able to continue this for us to be able to watch it and for us to be able to have, I guess, a distraction from from the dramas of our own lives. So to every single rugby league player this year, I would like to say thank you from all of us, um, from the people watching it, because, you know, I think it would have been very, very difficult for us to be in a lockdown across whether it's AFL or rugby union or whatever without these people going out and, and giving their all every week. So, well, well said, Bernard. Yeah. So well thank said. you to everyone who's a professional athlete. There's a lot of challenges and we really appreciate it. So, well, that's it, I reckon. That's, uh, that's us done. What we are going – we're going to have some big announcements. So make sure you tune in to all of our social stuff after me saying that social media is the biggest cesspit of all time. <laughs> I love it now. I've turned. Change your mind quick. I ch- you? Oh, fickle, mate. So you're going to be the new Brent Naden. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Uh, I almost won a grand final like him too. Yeah. <laughs> you played a bigger part. You played as big as part as he did. <laughs> Same, me and him. Uh, all right. Thanks for tuning in. It's been a massive year for us. Thanks to Young Henrys. Thanks to bettingsite.com.au. We will be in contact with the Brighton Seagulls. Thanks to Bondi Tonys. Thanks to Yamaha. They've sent us some stuff. Yep. We love you all. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks to Rand. Appreciate it. Month. Yeah. Thanks Thanks to been good. yeah. We'll be back bigger, stronger, smarter next year. Smarter? No, a little bit smarter. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Study, mate. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 